Praise God, church, man. I'm glad y'all tuned in tonight. And I, we're going to have another great session tonight. This will be session 10. If you didn't get last week's message about how to get started and, and bearing fruit in your life, well, I mean, I encourage you to go back and listen to that and get those principles working in your life because that's the foundation for everything else that's going to go on. <clears throat> now, from this point on, after tonight's message, I'm going to continue to, you know, because this whole message is out of Romans chapter 8, it's the whole chapter. And we're going to start getting into more and more and more, um, I guess you'd call it in-depth kind of teaching. I want to teach you how to hear the, the voice of God, how, how to distinguish and know it's His voice speaking to you. I want to get into some things about the, the, the Holy Spirit and, and the moving of the Holy Spirit, but it's not going to really do any good unless you've listened to the you know, from session one through nine, it's not going to, you're going to kind of be out of sync. So I encourage you to go back and listen to those if you haven't and, uh, and, and get your pen, paper, get ready, take notes, take good notes because the Holy Spirit's going to want to speak to you for other things. He's going to use me to speak to you, to and encourage you and strengthen you in certain areas, but then he's going to want to say some other things to you that it's going to take your notes and reading the word and following up on things. So, so we got to be students. We've got to be in training. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and then let's get going on this session. So Father, I just praise you tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that as people have tuned in from all over the world, listening to this, I, I declare, Lord, there are hungry Christians out there. I declare they are hungry for the word of God. They want seed sown in them so that they can bear fruit. Lord, they want to go on to the greater things of God and understand so that we can keep our eyes on the prize of the goal, Lord God, of being a fruit-bearing Christian, to being able to be productive, to being able to lead people to the Lord, to being able to, to help people and pray for people and see you move miracles through our lives. Because, Lord, that's what it's really all about. The goal is to take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. So, Lord, we want to be everything you want us to be. We want to develop into the greatest Christians that there are because that's what pleases you. So, Heavenly Father, tonight I just thank you for right now I just rebuke the devil. I just declare that he's not going to distract from people. He's not going to steal seed in their lives, that they're going to be in tune. They're going to hear the word. It's going to go into their heart. It's going to take good ground. It's going to begin to grow and to mature and then being able to produce good fruit. So, Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you for it. Bless them tonight, Lord, as we go into your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So last week we were in Romans 8, 18, and so we're going to start in verse 19, Romans 8, 19 tonight on this session. So let me again, I've got a little reading here to do, so follow along with me in your word and uh, let's look at it. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting 
for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now, it's kind of interesting that the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Rome he started out and he went through all these great things that you're delivered and, the, and, and, and now the spirit of life is on the inside of you. He talked all about all the things going on. And then he, he puts this in here in verses 19 through 25, talking about that we're, we're, we're caught in this space. We're saved and we're born again and the spirit of God's on the inside of us, but we've not reached heaven yet and being and walking in the glory with him. And we're stuck in this space called earth right now. And that inside of us, we groan to be walking in the fullness of everything God had for us. But it says not only we do, but everything around us in God's creation. So I mean, this gets, a little, this gets a little weird in your thinking because trees are groaning for Jesus to come back. Animals are groaning for Jesus to come back. It says all of creation's groaning for Jesus to come back. This afternoon, some clouds came in and I looked up and I saw a little cloud and I said, I said, Lord, you could come back on that one. It's big enough. You know, it's a cloud. You said you're coming back in the clouds. Come on, Jesus, come get us. I heard just groaning on the inside, just want. You know, we get tired sometime and we get righteous indignation and, and, and we, you know, are mad at things that are happening and mad at things that are going on in the world. And we just say, oh, Jesus has come back. We want your reign. We want your righteousness. But it's literally all of creation is doing that. The earth is groaning for the glory that's going to come. Wow. That just blows my mind when I begin to think about that, that it's all groaning for God to come back. Amen. So now I want you to look at verse 26. I'm in Romans 8, 26. It says, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows the mind of the, what the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay, now we start to see the Apostle Paul revealing to the, to the church here in Rome about the Holy Spirit and about the Holy Spirit that's in us, working through us to accomplish a task for God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're not put on this earth and you didn't get saved for you. You got put on this earth and saved for him. He wants to work through you to help other people or to, if you want me to say it this way, establish the kingdom of God here on this earth. He's wanting to, to, to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is wanting to, to make intercession. What does intercession mean? It means you're standing in the gap for somebody else. You're, you're taking this person over here and saying, come here, let me introduce you to this man over here. This man's Jesus and put them together. He's the one that's going to help you. Intercession is not just a Pentecostal thing that people do in prayer time and, 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 and is just prayer 
on, on behalf of others and it's something really high, 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 high spiritual that only a few people achieve. No, the Holy Spirit wants to, it's when you're driving down the road and you see somebody there that needs some help and you pulled over and helped them. Did you not intercede for them? In that natural way, did you not intercede for them? The natural thing that when you're sitting there drinking your coffee in the morning and, 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 and you felt, a, you know, you can say you felt an urge or the thought just came to your mind, you ought to call so-and-so today. And you did call so-and-so then and found out they were in the, down in the dumps or they needed some help or, or, or something of this nature. And you called, is that not intercession? Are you not God moving you? to reach out and touch that person, to help them get closer to God. See, the Holy Spirit wants to work in us all the time, but if we're not aware of this, then we just write it off to, oh, well, that was just, you know, got too hot yesterday. Or, you know, that's just me thinking that. I want to tell you something, church. None of us are perfect, and none of us are going to always... Get it right every time. But this is what I want you to encourage you about. If a good thought comes to you, do it. You can't be wrong. If you just had a thought of, you know, I'm going to make some cookies and take them to so-and-so, what could be wrong in that? Now, that may have been your thought. But then again, it may not have been. It may have been the Holy Ghost moving you because when you get to their house, you find something else out and you want to bless them. I don't know how many times... That, that the Spirit of God is just, I mean, I, I don't even want to say, I don't even want to say it like that because that sounds too religious. I don't know how many times I've had a thought pop in my head that I ought to go to town and, and pick something up now, don't do it later like I'd planned. And I go to town and then I run across somebody who I needed to talk to and encourage them that day. Folks, that is the Spirit of God on the inside of you making intercession on God's behalf. That's what it's all about, because you're not a normal person. You're a new creation. You're born again. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. God wants to use you in this world, but you have to start realizing if the spirit of God is in you and he wants to move through you, you're going to have to get in the process and go and do something. Okay. so that brings me to the point, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now. I've taught intensively on the Holy Spirit. You could probably go back into my archives of messages and, 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 follow, and, and watch them, follow them on, that I've taught on the Holy Spirit. But I want to just touch on this tonight. You have to come to an understanding that we have to work with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent down here on this earth that Jesus has left for us or sent to us. He didn't leave him. He sent him to us. To help us in our weakness. What weakness? You remember the sufferings I talked about last week? And I said, there's sufferings going on. Yeah, sometimes the sufferings overwhelm us and we're weak. And so therefore we need the spirit of God to help us along. So let's go look at another verse here. Let's look at Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Now, this is one of those chapters that if are verses that if you don't have it underlined in your Bible, you need to underline it. It says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. 
If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Do you realize in this story, first, Jesus says, a real, it's, ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened. It's not ask and then do this. No, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. You're not going to ever seek God and not find him. You're not ever going to knock on heaven's door and it won't be open to you. It's a, it's a statement. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a promise that he gave us that is so, man, poured in concrete and can't be moved. Ask, seek, find. Okay? So then he says, talking about comparing human, a human person giving to their children and he actually literally calls it evil. He says, when you gave your kids supper tonight, he says, that's not even anything compared to what I want to give you. He's not saying it's evil in that sense, but he's just saying it just looks so small. It doesn't even seem like anything. You taking care of your kids and feeding them three squares a day. He said, then how much more would your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? So. The power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and to, and to intercede through us and to work through us, it's available to anyone who wants to ask. Anyone that would seek, then he's going to find it. So many churches teach so many things wrong about the Holy Spirit. They teach you have to jump through hoops and you have to jump through this and you have to jump through that and you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to be this kind of a person or that kind of a person or the Holy Spirit's not going to have anything to do with you. When the truth of the matter is... When the truth of the matter is, God says, if you ask me for the Holy Spirit, I want to give you the Holy Spirit. I want to pour the Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm going to fill you up to overflowing. And then you can be that vessel that can reach out and intercede for people. So then that means once we ask to be filled, we receive. And then once you're filled, then all the gifts of the Spirit become available to you. A whole new set of tools come into your disposal. You know, it's so interesting because in, in, in some of the work that I do, I'm so amazed at the tools that are out there. There's things that I have been using a tool for for years and years and years, and I didn't know they made another tool or a tool specific for that purpose. And then when I find it and I get it, I'm like, oh, man, I have been doing it the hard way all this time. And if I'd have had that tool, it would have been so much easier. You know, it's just crazy. Well, your Christian life's the same way. Here you are beating your head against a rock trying to, to you know, to move mountains and you didn't know that there was tools available on the inside of you because of the Holy Spirit to help you move those mountains and, 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 and become who, you, who God called you to be, okay? So let's look at a few other scriptures. Go to Acts chapter 19, uh, verse 1. Acts 19, 1. 
Said it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we've not even heard whether there was a Holy Spirit. There are so many Christians walking around on the face of the earth today. They're born again. The Spirit of God is in them, but they don't know anything about being filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit then can make intercession for them or make them become an intercessor or creating them to be an intercessor. They're just like this, these people here in Acts 19. They don't know. They're like, they're walking around. Well, I didn't hear about no Holy Spirit. What do you mean Holy Spirit? We know about God, we know about the, uh, Jesus, but what do you mean about the Holy Spirit? They don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, according to Luke 24 and 49, Jesus said, Behold, I'll send the promise of my Father upon you, but if you'll tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The Holy Spirit, that word power right there, is the same word it's dudamus. It means dynamite. So where we get our word dynamite from, it's explosive power, explosive power that's on the inside of you. What's it going to explode? What's it going to, what's the missile strike coming out of you going to destroy? It's going to destroy the darkness that the enemy's trying to put upon you. It's going to destroy the tactics and the the, the, the ambushes and the landmines that the, Holy, that, the, that the devil set for you to get you tripped up in this life. Remember last week's message, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness, the riches, the lust of other things coming in to choke out the word. That's what the Holy Spirit destroys. He brings it to your attention. He pops it up and he says, don't do that. Don't go there. Stop here. Do this. Look, ha, huh, stop. Don't. Because he's guiding you through the minefields that this world has set for you to destroy you. Because that's not what God wants. God wants you to walk in power. He wants you to be bearing fruit. He wants you to be this great intercessor who's reaching out to people and blessing people. But we all know, you know, when you get tired and you get disgruntled and you get troubled and, and your, 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 your mind's off thinking about other things, you don't feel like taking care of anybody else. All you're thinking about is how you're going to get through tomorrow. Well, that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes. Let me show you another scripture. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, 8. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Judea, or to me in Jerusalem, and in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. See, witnesses. It goes back to that same part over in Romans chapter 8 where he's talking about the Holy Spirit wanting to intercede through, through you. He's now saying you're going to be witnesses. That, that word witness is actually the word martyr. And to be a martyr, you don't always have to die physically. You can be a martyr and still be dying to the things of the world, and you're still declared a martyr, okay? Okay. But the reason why the Holy Spirit, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, why? Because you're to be a witness. Again, we're back to the fruit bearing. We're back to the productivity of, and just stop right now. I mean, I want to give you a lesson right here. Stop right now and ask yourself a question. How many people are? No, 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 no let me back up. Let me back up. Let me ask you this question like this. Are people that you run across in life, are they enlarged and blessed because you have been there? 
Just stop and think about it for a minute. Calculate your day. How many people you ran across? Were you invisible? No one knew you were there? You, you, your goal that day was to get in and get out with this meeting the least amount of people? I mean, we all do that sometimes. We're just tired. We don't want to run into anybody. You're going down the aisle. You look down the aisle, and you're like, oh, gosh, there's so-and-so, and you go to the other aisle. We've all done it. Listen, I'm not trying to slam guilt on you. I'm just trying to simply say you've got to ask yourself the question, are you being an interceder? Are you being a witness? Are you reaching out to people? Are you bearing fruit? Because it's all that's what the goal is, bearing fruit. And if the enemy has pushed you into a place where when you're around people, either you don't want to be there or they don't want you there, then you're off track. You're off base, okay? Because we should be receiving power and we should be walking in victory. Now, let me give you some homework here, okay? You want to write these down. You're going to have to go back and just look at them and study them yourself because I'm going to run out of time tonight to, to, tear, to go into all this uh, toolbox that the Holy Ghost has got for you. But the first one's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Some of the tools. So just when you read your Bible and it's talking about gifts, just change the word gifts over to tools. Tools the Holy Ghost wants to work through you to be a witness and an inter intercessor, okay? I'm in Ephesians 4, 11. It says he gave, for he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Okay, so we call these the fivefold ministry gifts, all right? In other words, sometimes God calls people to do more than, than, than maybe just the normal person or, or, or their activities or to start churches or to preach to people or to have this a gift to teach or to be pastors. This is what we call the fivefold ministry gifts, but it all comes about in the same package that the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. That's it. It came the same way. All right. And I just want to tell you this, if you think you're called to the ministry, you think you're called to the fivefold ministry gifts, you think that are operating in your life, just ask yourself the question every time you sit down in the coffee shop, does everybody want to sit down by you because you're going to teach them something and they want to listen? Well, I'd say that's probably the fivefold ministry gift that's starting to operate in you. You know, do you, or do, as an evangelist, everywhere you go, you're leading people to Jesus? Well, that's probably the fivefold ministry gift coming in you. Everywhere you go, people just come up to you and start talking about Jesus? Or, or having questions about their life going on and you get to lead them to Jesus or, 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 you know, something of this nature or have a word for them, an encouraging word. That's the fivefold ministry gift starting to operate in you. But again, you have to use them and exercise them in order for them to keep working. The second one I want to look at here is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to the other gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit work all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So this second one here is what we call the gifts of the spirit. 
Now, do you notice that it said right there at the last verse? He says, but, it, but one and the same spirit works all things, distributing to each one or distributing to each one individually as he wills. So in other words, the gifts of the spirit have been spread abroad in your life. Every one of these gifts can operate in your life. You do not have to be a part of the fivefold ministry for these gifts to operate in your life. It's in your toolbox. It's in the tool package of receiving the power of the Spirit of God on the inside of you. It's already there. Every one of you can operate in that. Okay? Now, there's another 15 weeks teaching just on those verses. And so I encourage you, read them, talk about it. I've got other messages on this that you could go back and see. But uh, uh, the gifts of the Spirit in this toolbox, they're ready for you. They're there for you. And then it brings me to the third one here. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Romans 12, 6. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy the portion of our faith. Our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. These are what we call the motivational gifts. Again, this comes in the package of the Holy Spirit in your life to create in you to be an intercessor and a witness, which goes back to that goal, bearing fruit. That's the goal. So let me encourage you tonight. If you, you know, if you're thinking your walk with God's not that exciting, well, listen to me. You've got to delve into what the Holy Spirit has given you. You've got to take the gifts that He has given and placed on the inside of you and begin to use them because the more you use them, then the more they're going to operate and the more you're going to see victories and the more fruit you're going to bear. But if you're just laying dormant and saying, okay, God, here I am. If you want to use me, fine. Well, it's not going to happen. It is not going to happen in your life. You've got to be willing to get up and knock on the door of heaven and say, God, you empowered me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to be that witness. I want to be that intercessor for you. And so I want to bear as much fruit. I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I possibly can. And so, God, here I am. Use me. And you get a heart like that. You get to seeing that tactics of the enemy coming and you're putting them down and you're just being focused. Listen to me, God's going to use you so amazingly in your daily activities, your daily work, your daily routine, everywhere you go. And church, I'm telling you right now, more than ever before, this is what we need on the face of the earth because there is so much doom and gloom. There is so many people depressed and discouraged. If there's ever the time that Christians should shine forth their light into the world, it's now. So I just encourage you, spend time in prayer, spend time in your word, spend time seeking God and let him show you all the good things that he wants to work in you. When you get your eyes placed on that glory, the sufferings of this world are going to seem like nothing. So let me pray for you now and let's just end this session in prayer and a heart that's seeking for God. So, Heavenly Father, we just pray right now. I pray for everyone out there watching, everyone out there listening, oh God. 
that Lord, the, 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 the oppression, the, the darkness around them would just be dispelled and that clearly they would see, oh God, they've been called to be an intercessor and a witness for you. And I ask you, oh Lord God, that you would touch them right now and that they would ask to receive the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of them and that you would fill them full to overflowing. And that, Lord, that their lives would be a, a, such a bright light and a, and a witness out into the world. That, Lord, we wouldn't miss one turn, one person, one any, anything, Lord, that you would want us to do to help establish your kingdom upon the face of this earth. God, I pray for people to be called into the ministry, the fivefold ministry, to be great preachers and teachers and evangelists in this world, oh God. Young people. Young people, Lord God, to rise up and change this tide that's come upon our nation and turn it into revival, Lord. That we would realize the spirit of life that's on the inside of us so that we could pour it out to this world. That all the other things, Lord, would seem as nothing. The problems, the sufferings of this life would seem as nothing compared to the glory of God. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it. Bless them tonight, Lord, exceedingly abundant, more than they could ever think or ask. Bless them this night, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.